Welcome to Sunday School for Heathens. The show where we learn about Christianity and how weird it sounds to everyone else. I'm Shannon. And I'm Brian. I am not a priest and I do not have a degree in theology. I'm just the kind of guy who carries around a loaf of communion bread in my jacket pocket all day. Really? Yeah, so it was not consecrated bread, so it wasn't Jesus, it was just bread. Okay, it was bread that was going to become Jesus, though? No, we thawed too much out, and you can't refreeze the bread, so I was carrying it around because I was going to take it home and have it as a snack later. Ah, uh, how much bread are we talking? Uh, it was like a, a disc the size of, like, a biscuit. There were okay. two of them. So not a lot. Not a lot of bread. Okay. But our bread is, is like, decently tasty. That's good. And so I just, I toasted it. Had it for a snack. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened to be unconsecrated communion bread. Right. And so it has a little cross that was like drawn on the top of it. And when I took it out of my pocket, I got some weird looks. Of course you did. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Well, this week is part two of a two-part episode. So if you haven't listened to part one about rosaries, you should go back and listen to last week's episode first and then come back and listen to this one. You should. Because last week was all about the history of how we got the rosary as it is today. Um, And that's pretty neat. It's a good one. But now we're going to talk about the rosary as it is today. And we have an assortment of rosaries with us. So if you hear any subtle jingling in the background, we promise David is still doing his job well. We just have made it very difficult for him. And we're working with props (laughs) this week. Yeah, because, you know, again, we're really good at this audio-only format. We like to do things that you can't see. Yeah. (laughs) There might be less hand signals this week, but no promises. So the the first thing I'm going to talk about is just how you do the rosary, because we didn't talk about that last week. No, we did not. So Shannon and I are going to be playing with our... I have five rosaries here. Yeah. And uh, if you want to kind of follow along, know what we're talking about without and actually be able to see it, maybe just like pause and pull up a picture of a rosary. Yeah. It might make more sense. And I will try to describe it. So there's a circle of beads. I'm not sure how many there are, but I'm sure Brian is going to tell me. I am. There are 59. 59 beads. And then there's like a little emblem at the sort of base, almost where you would imagine if you were wearing it like a necklace, it would hang down along your chest. And then... Coming straight out from the base, there is a vertical piece of chain with another five beads on it, and then a little cross or crucifix at the bottom. Are they always crucifixes? Yes. At least in all five we have. Yeah, all of the ones that I have, including the, like, cheap plastic one I have, is a a crucifix. Okay. And it's, again, a pretty Catholic thing, so it makes sense that it's going to be more crucifixes than crosses. Sure. But there is a cross shape at the bottom. Yes. But what do you do with all this? There's 59 beads, 54 make up the main loop, and then there's five that extend down. Great. 53 are smaller beads. Those are going to be your Hail Mary beads. Mm-hmm. And then the there's the six bigger beads. Those are the Our Father beads. Sure. Or it's not bigger beads and smaller beads. It's just they're kind of offset by a little space in the chain. Yeah, I was wondering what the big spaces were, but now that makes more sense. Yeah, it's just to differentiate. Cool. Here's the list of all of the steps. So there's a cross. Yeah. You want to guess what you do at the cross? You say a prayer. Yes. Think even more literal. Leave more literal. You say Jesus. You make the sign of the cross. Amazing. (laughs) We learned how to do that once. (laughs) Okay. You have a cross. You make the sign of the cross. Still on the cross, you say the Apostles' Creed. Cool. Which is... Step one. The shorter version of the Nicene Creed that we talked about. Yes. Way back when. Yeah. On whichever episode that was. I should make references when I 
I can look it up. It's Uh, not that important. Episode seven. (laughs) I have the document in front of me. Episode seven. (laughs) Sure. So you say the Apostles' Creed on the cross. Yep. And then... And then the first big bead is in Our Father. Great. That's the one right above the cross. Yep. We're going to be going in order. We're not skipping around. I'm just making sure. We're not getting crazy here. Cool. So you say in Our Father... (laughs) And then the next three beads are Hail Marys. Great. So you say some Hail Marys. And the reason you say the three Hail Marys are you're praying to God to help you have the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, or sometimes love instead of charity, depending on which translation you're reading. Great. And these, if you remember from the episode when we talked about the seven deadly sins, we talked about at the very end the the virtues to counter those. Yeah. So these were the three out of the seven that were listed by Paul in the first letter to the Corinthians. Great. So now they're now they're there. Yeah. Faith, hope, charity, and or love. And then there's another big bead. Right. And then... You say another Our Father? Well, before we get to that, in the space between the two beads, we say a glory bead. Between those three Hail Marys and the next big bead? Yes. Okay. So that space is a glory bead. I feel like this needs a chart. Oh, there's, there's charts. Great. There's we'll find a chart. We'll post a chart. So you say glory bead. Yep. And then on the next set apart bead that you announce the first mystery, because there's the five mysteries. Great. Mystery. And then, and then you say in our father. Got it. And then we ignore this little pendant. It's just there for decoration. Well, uh, I mean, you'll need it when you get to the end. Cool. It's it's like your starting token. Yeah, it's it's more like the, the stopping token. Okay. That's <laughs> how you know you're done. <laughs> All right. So we say like, hi token, we'll see you on the other side. Yep. Pass go, collect $200. Yep. So. And then you go to a side. Does it matter left or right? Uh, I feel like I always started up the left side. Okay. That was sort of my impulse too. Yeah. I think we're going, I think, I think you always go clockwise. Great. But I don't know if you have to, but I'm pretty sure you do. Okay. <laughs> so moving clockwise. Yeah. And then 10 Hail Marys in a row. That's what you got the 10 beats for. And then after the 10 Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. Well, during this whole time, you're reflecting on your mystery while yeah. you're saying these ten Hail Marys. Because you said that mystery below the symbol all the way down at the bottom. Yeah. Great. So then you get to the space. In the space, you say, glory be. Yep. And then the next set apart bead, you announce the next mystery, and then another our father, mm-hmm. and then reflect on that mystery while saying ten Hail Marys. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then there's a space. Yes. So you say, glory be. Yes. And then, yeah, that's how you go around okay. in a circle. So you do that however many times, five. But if you're adding in the Fatima prayer, you would do that after each glory B. Great. In not, the space. Yeah, not a thing that I ever did, but it's a thing that you you can do. But that's where it goes. Right. So you do that five times around, and then yes. you're back at your token. Yes. And this is, yeah, this is where you pay attention to the, the pendant. Uh, it tells you you're done. And then this is when you pray a Hail Holy Queen, the prayer for the Holy Father, and the sign of the cross, and you're done. Ta-da! Hooray! We made it all the way around the rosary. And thank you, David. He informed me that it takes about 45 minutes to say a, like, a five-decade rosary. There you go. So, cool. Cool. So, 45 minutes later, you've done the whole thing. You have. And now you have a rosary. Yeah. For people who say the rosary regularly, there's certain days for certain sets of mysteries. Oh, yeah, because now there's multiple mystery sets to be right. used. Do you remember how many sets there are? There are four now, right? Because there were three and then there was a new one? Yes. 
I retained something from not that long ago. So proud of you. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, This schedule was proposed by JP2. Great. So same time that he added the fourth set. He was like, hey guys, here's what you do to cycle these in with the rest of your regular rosary saying. Yeah, here's the schedule. Good for you. (laughs) So the schedule is Joyful Mysteries on Mondays. Cool. Sorrowful on Tuesdays. Sure. Glorious on Wednesdays. Great. Luminous on Thursdays. Uh Uh-huh. Sorrowful on Fridays. Yep. Joyful on Saturdays. Yep. And glorious on Sundays. Unless it's Advent, in which case then you would do the joyful. Do you know why? Because those all have to do what's happening in Advent. Yeah. Because those those are are the, like, the star and Jesus being born and the angels and Mary and stuff. Yeah, although Mary has her most exciting things in the glorious mysteries. Yeah, but the, like, Mary and the baby parts happen in in Joyful. But she straight up gets crowned queen. (laughs) Yeah, she has a much more exciting time in Glorious. And then uh, during Lent, on Sundays, you would say the Sorrowful Mysteries. Because sad. Same reason, yeah. Yeah. And also it's the the crucifixion things. Yeah, it's thematically appropriate. Right. You know, we like a good theme. Yeah. How come we don't get our own holiday for crowning Mary queen? There is... But why is it not as big a deal? Because she's not God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like if you crown a queen, you should get a pretty cool holiday after it. I I mean, part of the reason the the other holidays are so big is because they've been commercialized. Find a way to commercialize crowning Mary Queen. What is it? I don't know off the top of my head. See? (laughs) I'll commercialize it. I just have to know what it is. We'll I should a party. Know we'll throw a podcast-themed party. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I should know that, but you know what? <laughs> I'm an Episcopalian now. I don't need to pay as much attention to Mary. <laughs> That's no fun. <laughs> All right, so now we have a convenient rosary schedule. We do. We have four sets of five mysteries. We have five rosaries on the table. We do. What's next? We could try saying them all at once. <laughs> oh my god. Um, we're there, not going to do that. No. That's I a, also a don't know podcast. any of the words to any of the prayers. <laughs> I would need a script. <laughs> so what we went through before, that's not a full rosary. A full rosary is when you pray all 20 mysteries. Ah. And just go around the loop four times. Great. So that's a chunk of your day. That is. That's a big, big old time praying the rosary. You don't have to repeat the opening and closing prayers. Okay. Between each. You just like pass, go, collect $200 and back to the beginning? Yes. You like stop probably there and say, glory be and your next mystery and your next Our Father, and then go back around to the other side? Yeah, maybe take a sip of water. Yeah. (laughs) Have a quick breather. (laughs) Stretch out your hands, crack your knuckles. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So... Yeah, so you, you don't have to you don't have to say those prayers. You just do multiple loops around your regular rosary. Or you can get a special giant rosary for this. Amazing. <laughs> Mega rosary. Yeah, and before 2002, a full rosary would have been just 15 decades. Yeah. But you can get a 20-decade rosary. Wow. It's very exciting. Super fancy. Some people refer to this as a Franciscan rosary. Ah, are they a big fan of that? They are, yeah. A lot of Franciscans will carry the big old rosary. But a seven-decade rosary is also referred to sometimes as a Franciscan rosary because it's also carried by a lot of Franciscans. What's the seven decades? This is a Franciscan crown rosary. Uh, The reason you would have seven is because you pray this using the seven joys of Mary. 
Ah, they have their own set of things. Yeah. The, and the seven joys are the Annunciation. Sure. The Visitation of Mary to Elizabeth. Sure. The Nativity of Jesus. That is a thing. The Presentation of Jesus in the Temple. Okay. The Resurrection of Jesus. Sure. The Assumption. Okay. And the Coronation of Mary. Great. So they're all things that are already mysteries. They just have their own special seven-piece set. Right. They just picked and chose the ones that were most merry. Sure. It's the merry <laughs> highlight reel rosary. Absolutely. Good. I guess when I think Franciscans, I don't necessarily think love Mary, but clearly loves Mary is a bit. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like a lot of orders really love Mary. I don't know. They don't spend enough time with women, I guess. I guess. <laughs> that they're like one platonic ideal biblical woman is the woman for them. Yeah, I mean, they love the, the church. The church is also a lady. I uh, Interesting. Like yeah. a boat or a car? Yeah, I think that's a good, a good comparison. <laughs> it's equally weird. Yeah. <laughs> Things that do not need to be gendered that are weirdly gendered. Because the church is the bride of Christ. Okay. I thought nuns were the brides of Christ. Them too. That's why they wear veils. Sure. Because it's like their wedding veil. Okay. I saw a nun on the bus the other day. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I don't know very many nuns anymore who would still wear habits. She was in a habit. She was an old lady nun. Okay. In in the full regalia. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It was great. Light blue. What kind of nuns are those? Um, I feel like that can be anything, but I've seen I've seen nuns in light blue before. Mm-hmm. I have some friends who Franciscan, and none of them were blue, but I know that some of the sisters in their order did. Yeah, light blue. It was cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it when it's not the black. Mm-hmm. It's just fresher. Sure. Maybe it's just her springtime habit. Maybe. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, so we have fancy seven century rosaries for Franciscans. Decade. Seven decade rosaries for Franciscans. Can you imagine oh. 700 Hail Marys? <laughs> I can't really even think of a five Hail Marys or ten, so. That would be so many Hail Marys. <laughs> <laughs> that would take you a long time. So, other types of rosaries. Sure. A, a rosary is a subtype of this, uh, a chaplet. Okay. But chaplets can be any size or pattern of beads. They're just beaded things that help you pray? Basically, yeah. Sure. And so a rosary is one type of chaplet. Great. And they're usually connected to the devotion of a particular saint. And you usually pray them using Our Fathers and Hail Marys, but also... Usually you include a specific prayer to whatever saint is your devotion that you've got this chaplet for. Sure. Do you put that like in place of the Apostles' Creed at the beginning or I think somewhere? it varies. I've never really Or where you put one. the Fatima prayer if you're going full Fatima rosary. Probably more like where the Apostles' Creed would be and like once at the beginning or once at the end or something. Sure. A popular chaplet is the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. It was given by God in a vision to... The Blessed Faustina Kowalska. Sure. Who is a Polish nun. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, Polish? Yep. Yeah, Polish nun and mystic who in the 1930s received an almost continuous series of revelations from the Lord about his mercy. An almost continuous set of revelations. Yeah, that seems exhausting. Yeah, I am... (laughs) tired thinking about that (laughs) like if you think about revelations as being these sort of like dramatic overly sensitive like shattering experiences to just like be constantly having revelations would be a lot on the body and the mind and the soul 
I, yeah. I and also, wait, how are you communicating all of these if you are constantly in the sense of revelation? Well, it's almost. Okay. Almost continuous. So maybe she had, she had breaks. She clearly had some, <laughs> some breaks somewhere. Another popular chaplet is the chaplet of St. Joseph, because he is patron of, like, everything. Sure. There's a reason we haven't done Joseph, because you could guess anything and you would be correct. Are we talking Joseph like Jesus is not actual dad? Yes. Cool. <laughs> like, everything. Cool. Another one is the Servite Chaplet, also seven decades, usually prayed by Servite sisters. Sure. And it's instead of the seven joys of Mary, they pray the seven sorrows. Okay. I didn't find a list of. But But they exist. Yeah, they're sad things about Mary instead of happy ones. That's sad. Yeah. On a happier note is the Wedding Rosary, or Lasso Rosary. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. It has the normal bottom part of a rosary before you mm-hmm. get to the loop. Yep. But then instead of one loop with five decades, it splits off into two identical loops with five decades each. Ah. Uh, and it's also giant. Sure. Because during weddings... You one, both wear them? Yeah, one loop is put around the bride and one is put around the groom. Like your lassoed. That's hilarious and I love it. <laughs> and it symbols them coming together. Yeah. And it's mostly a thing in Hispanic cultures. Cool. And then there's also one decade rosaries, which you just, instead of having the whole the whole loop, it's just smaller and you can just go back and forth along your one. Oh, sure. It's like 11 beads or something like that. So you have like the 10 and the one. Yeah, it would probably be the whole, the whole bottom part. So the all five beads before you get to the loop, plus another 10. Sure. Is I what I think it is. Mm-hmm. Then there's also rosary bracelets, which are a one-decade rosary that's basically just wrapped around your wrist. Sure. Pocket rosary. Yeah. And then rosary rings. Interesting. Which wouldn't have beads and be like beads wrapped around your wrist mm-hmm. like a uh, bracelet. It's a ring with ten bumps on it. Interesting. And you just kind of spin the ring around your finger and feel each of the bumps. And so it doesn't help with all of the prayers, but it does help you count the ten Hail Marys. Smart. Yeah. I just like that at some point people realize that if you're going to have to be praying this many things in an order, it was going to be way easier if you gave them some sort of counting tool. Oh, yeah. Because you're not supposed to be focused on which number Hail Mary you're on. The whole point is to kind of lose yourself in it. Yeah. And that way you're just like, I got it. Yeah. So I was always taught that it's not cool to wear rosaries as jewelry. Sure. So I was a little thrown by the rosary rings and bracelets. Mm -hmm. But apparently if you're wearing them so that you can more easily bring a rosary with you and the whole point is prayer, then it's all good. So you can't wear a decorative rosary, but if you like are like, I'm going somewhere where later I'm going to pray a rosary, better bring my rosary with me. You can just slip it on over your neck and wear it that way instead of like putting it in a bag or your pocket or whatever. Right. Apparently that's fine. Sure. <laughs> Functional rosary wearing allowed. Yeah. Th- there's no official rule that says do not wear rosaries. The closest stance of the Catholic Church is sacred objects which are designated for divine worship by dedication or blessing are to be treated reverently and are not to be employed for profane or inappropriate use, even if they are owned by private persons. So, like, don't just wear it to be pretty. Yeah. (laughs) Do it for a reason. Yeah. And then, not technically a rosary, but 
some Orthodox Christians will use strings of 100 beads to keep track of saying the Jesus prayer. Smart. Anglicans also use prayer beads. Anglican prayer beads have 33 beads. Can you guess what that symbolism is? 33. No. The number of years that Jesus was alive. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. No other no other really good reason for that, but whatever. Okay. But like, <laughs> do you have a prayer for each of those 33 things? So there's no set prayer the same way for Anglican prayer reads that there is for the rosary. Mm-hmm. It's split into four weeks instead of five decades. Okay. So it's groups of seven. Mm-hmm. And you just pick a prayer, I guess. Cool. I haven't actually done it. We had an event at my church last summer where people made Anglican prayer beads, but I was busy, so I didn't go. Well, maybe they'll do another one this summer. Maybe. Maybe yeah. I'll make some prayer beads. It'll be fun. That'll be great. They were also drinking while they were doing it, so it'd be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah. And then there is the worst rosary that I found. Oh, God. <laughs> Talk to me about the worst rosary. There is this website. It's called Rugged Rosaries. Oh, God. I'm not okay. Are they like camo? <laughs> they make paracord rosaries. Of course. <laughs> the one in particular that was just too much was the Memento Mori skull rosary. Oh god. So the the Our Father beads were skulls. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all on paracord? Yeah, instead of like a chain. See, I was when you said rugged in my nightmare brain, they were just like all bullet shells. Oh, boy, that's only slightly worse. Yeah, that was my nightmare rosary when you said that. Mm, but, oh, but there, there's more to this rugged rosary. Okay, paracord, skulls. An optional add-on, you can add a medal that is St. Michael slash American Eagle. Oh, boy. St. Michael on one side, American Eagle on the other? Yep. And they, I don't know why they needed to specify that it was an American Eagle. Well, because America... <laughs> Obviously. That was exactly what was going on with this rosary. It was too much. Yeah, that is <laughs> too much. I, yes, I did not like it. No. But you should all look up that website because it's a trip. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that later. <laughs> and then another fun thing about going back to people wearing rosaries. Sure. Is there are some monks who wear rosaries. Okay, like deliberately it's part of the monk uniform? Yeah. And they wear it at their waist on their left-hand side. So that they can just, like, have it right there? Can you guess what the the symbolism is? I think it's kind of neat. I don't know enough about, like, what happens on the left that would be symbolic there. It's not a religious thing. Is it just because most of them are right-handed and so you can hold a Bible in one hand and a rosary in the other? It's because if you're right-handed, that's where your sword would be when you draw your sword. And it's their spiritual sword. <gasps> that is amazing! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if you are a left-handed monk, do you put it on the right side? Probably no. Also, if we go back like 50 years, people were getting slapped on the back of their hands with rulers when they tried to be left-handed. I suppose that's true. That's how people <laughs> ended up with terrible handwriting. Well, I'm left-handed. No one ever slapped me on the back of the hand, and I still have bad handwriting. And I'm right-handed, and I have terrible handwriting. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say for yeah. either of us. Yeah, we're just lost. I'm an engineer. I'm allowed to have bad handwriting. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, why do people pray the rosary? Sure. A lot of the time, people are doing it because they want something. 
ah, they're like, if I do this thing that takes 45 minutes, the payoff will be whatever I'm praying for. Even more specifically, if I do Mary a favor by saying this, maybe she'll do me a favor. Wow. I guess I didn't think about praying the rosary as like a favor to Mary as much as it is like a tribute to Mary. I guess in my mind, like, you're not putting money in her commissary account by praying the rosary. This is a very specific line of thinking that not all people who pray rosaries agree with, but it is one that some people think. Interesting. And if you really want something, you go beyond just praying a rosary and you pray a novena. What's that? A novena, generally speaking, is praying the same prayer nine times. Any one prayer. Yeah. You can do once an hour for nine hours, once a day for nine days, once a week for nine weeks. We get nine from the fact that there were nine days between the Ascension and Pentecost. Sure. And the 12 apostles were in constant prayer during that time. Great. So nine's the magic number for that particular prayer thing. Yeah. And so a rosary novena would be praying... Nine a rosary. rosary nine times. Like in a row? Like I said, it's... One. Or once an hour or... Yeah, you're probably not doing it once, once an hour. Because then you're basically just doing them nine times in a row. With like yeah. a very brief water break. I th- I'm pretty sure most people are doing it either once a day or once a week. Makes sense. And that's a big favor to Mary. Yeah. That's if you really want something. Say you really, really want something. Okay. <laughs> then what do you do? It's time to bring out the most powerful novena. Okay. The 54-day rosary novena. What? (laughs) This is like a 30-day challenge on the internet, only rosary style. Oh, yeah. And they will definitely, like, bill it that way. Yeah. (laughs) There's a really pretty graphic calendar on Pinterest somewhere of this. I'm sure there is. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's a mommy blogger who put it up there. Somewhere. Somewhere. (laughs) Okay, so what is a 54-day rosary novena? Six consecutive nine-day novenas. Oh, wow. So it's just a a rosary a day for nine days, nine times? Six times. Six times. So 54 total days. Wow. You pray the first three for your intention, the thing that you want. Sure. And then the last three in anticipation of the intention being granted. Great. So now we've added a little bit of, like, the secret, if I say it, it will come to it. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Great. And then also a thing that you might want, more Mm. specifically, a rosary can help you free a soul from purgatory. Interesting. Praying the rosary can grant you a plenary indulgence. Wow. The only true thing that grants you a plenary indulgence. There's other reasons. Sure. (laughs) So a plenary indulgence basically makes it as if a person has just been baptized and they would go straight up to heaven. Ta-da! Hooray! You can either use it on yourself or a person who has already died, you cannot use it on a person who is not you who is still living. Okay. And How do you do it to yourself? Like, if if you're, like, about to die, you know you're dying soon? Or you just want to, like, wash up. Clear the decks. Spiritually wash up. Sure. (laughs) Periodic spiritual baths. Yeah. Get behind the ears. Yeah. (laughs) Good scrub down. Uh, You can also only do one a day. Sure. <laughs> you can't just load up all day on uh, on plenary indulgences. Yeah. There's some other conditions for what else you need to be eligible for this, but I'm not going to go into that because indulgences could absolutely be its own episode. Yeah. We'll add it to the list. That'll probably happen at some point. Yeah. Okay, so that's 
I think those are those are a little goofy. Like, I get it. I get Rosary as a as a like way to pray really hard for something. Mm-hmm. But the reason I like best for praying the Rosary is as a meditative experience. That's smart. Because when you're repeating a prayer that you know well over and over again, your mind can kind of be freed up. Mm-hmm. Which is similar to when we talked about the walking a labyrinth. Yeah, for sure. Because you're you're distracting yourself so that you can enter into a more contemplative form of prayer. Yeah. And my favorite quote about praying the rosary is from the mother of a Jesuit priest named David Donovan. Uh, David asked his mom what happened when she prayed the rosary. And she told him, well, I quiet myself down and then I look at God and God looks at me. That's so sweet. So I just love. Yeah. That's great. And what that actually makes me think of is, um, so I'm a yoga teacher. We've talked about this on the show before, but in Buddhism, they also have a prayer bead exercise that they do where you can pick a mantra and you use prayer beads. And I actually totally on accident was wearing a set of them today. Oh. Um, I is forgot. it cool to wear them? Yeah. Is it cool to wear them if you're not, if you don't intend to pray them? It is actually. I mean, like <laughs> lots of people do. Okay. Um, so yeah. So they're called mala beads. And there's 108 of them on the circle, plus um, the guru bead or the center bead, which is your sort of starting point. Um, So 108 is sort of the the magic number in a lot of parts of Buddhism. And so you pick whatever mantra and you use that to count your 108 repetitions of your mantra. Neat. And it's also a meditative experience. And I both have meditated with mine and also I wear them because I like them. They do look neat. They are very cool. So I totally on accident brought mine today while we were talking about the rosary. So Look I thought that. I would bring that up as well. It's very clinky though, so. Yeah, I mean, all of this is very clinky. I've been trying to not play too much with yeah. the rosary that I'm holding. Yeah. <laughs> I had to switch to a quieter rosary at some point. <laughs> yeah, and that is that is what I have on awesome. the second half of rosaries. This is a little shorter than the first, but I had way too much material to get to cram this all into one episode yeah, on rosaries. Yeah, I'm really glad that we did this in two. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got to play with rosaries. Yeah, I mean, we could have anyway. They, they're in my room. That's we, true. we record in my room. That's true. <laughs> we'll take some pictures of all of Ryan's rosaries and we'll put them on our new Facebook page. And yeah. also probably Twitter and all the other places as well. That works. Yeah. And so let's take a break, take those photos, and then we'll come back for some fun. Sounds good. And we're back. And now it's time for the Patronage Pop Quiz, where I tell Shannon about a saint and she has to guess what they're the patron of. It's true. And last week we had a roughly rosary-themed saint. Well, saints, plural. Saints and a half. Yeah. Do we have a rosary-themed saints this week as well? No. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't sure how many rosary-themed saints there were out there. I mean, I could have done it. I just didn't. Cool. Because this one's kind of fun. All right. I love a good fun saint story. (laughs) Who do we have? This week we have St. Romadio of Nonsberg. Okay. He was born in the 4th century in Austria. Sure. And his father was the Tyrolese Count of Thar. As That's a ch- an awesome name. It is a good name. That's a cool title. <laughs> Just saying. As a child, he learned to read using the Bible and a book of stories of saints. Which is kind of a running theme in a lot of saints. Yeah, they, oh. learn, they learn about how to read from saints. Yeah, also, like, part of Ignatius of Loyola's conversion story is reading the Bible in a book of saints. Interesting. 
But that's cool. not, that's, not related. That's another time. <laughs> uh, even though Romadio was the son of a nobleman, he preferred to spend his time meditating in a cave. Okay. Man, caves. You know, they're cool and quiet. Sure. After his parents died, he gave away the family fortune to support the churches in Tyrol. Okay. He also turned the family castle into a monastery and went on a pilgrimage to the tombs of the apostles. So he turned it into a monastery and was like, hey, you guys keep doing your monk thing. I'm going to go. I mean, he, yeah, he, he was allowed to go on a trip. He did sure. a lot of things. I like that he basically just invited a bunch of people into his house and then left them there. Yeah. Oh, I guess he did just leave because when he wasn't traveling, he lived in a cave. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> he basically just sublet his house. Pretty much. Great. <laughs> yeah, he lived in a cave in Vandenon with his two disciples. Great. Once Romadio wanted to visit a friend of his, Vigilius, Bishop of Trento. Sure. He asked his disciple David to saddle the horse. David went off to do that, but came back, clearly in a panic, saying that a bear had eaten the horse. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. A bear? Yeah, that took a turn, didn't it? Yeah, it was not... <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> Romadio went back with David to take a look, and Romadio then told the bear, well, you must have been hungry, and that's fine, but I still need a way to travel. So he told David to saddle the bear. Oh my god. <laughs> How did that go? Please tell me that worked. The bear let this happen. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and he carried Romadio all the way to Trento. So he rolled into town on the back of a bear. He did. The bear also continued to live with Romadio at the hermitage for the rest of its life. Amazing. <laughs> bear saint. <laughs> the bear itself is not a saint. Romadio is a saint. Yes, he is the bear saint. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is Romadio the patron of? He's got to be the patron saint of bears. There's not a patron saint. Well, there might be a patron saint of bears. It's not him. That's insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about him is the bear. Is he the patron saint of, like, animals in general, or, like... No. Riding unusual animals, or saddles? No. Okay, then I don't know. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> uh, he is the patron saint against accidents. Okay. Against bone diseases, against dangers at sea, against fever, against fire, against floods, against hail, against headaches, against toothaches... For prisoners, for theology students, and for travelers. Cool. Travelers make sense. Yeah. The rest of them are just like, uh, nature and headaches. <laughs> yeah. There's also a really awesome mural of him, like, leading the bear with, like, reins. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that deeply. Me too. He's a fun one. Yeah, he's a really fun one. Well, thank you all so much for listening this week. If you like the show, go ahead and on whatever podcast app you listen to, write a review or set up a rating or a subscription so you can get all of our episodes as soon as they come out and to share the show with more people. If you want to reach out to us directly, you can email us at sundayschoolforheathens at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at school number four heathens or like us on Facebook at school number four heathens where we'll post some of these cool pictures from the rosaries that we talked about today, all of Brian's rosary stash. Thank you so much to Adam Griffin for our music. Check him out at alteringgravity.wordpress.com. 
Thank you to David Griffin for our logo and for editing the show. Happy belated birthday to both the Griffin brothers. By the time this is recording, we have just missed both Adam and David's birthdays, so it'll be even more belated when this comes out, but know that we are thinking of you and we appreciate you both. I've got one more thing. Yeah. You can check me out. I'm going to be on the program Different Drummers. It's going to be on local news here in Chicago, but it'll be much easier. I will attach a link to this episode and you can check it out. I'll be talking with some friends of mine from church about what the Episcopal Diocese of Chicago is doing for Pride Month. Cool. And we'll post that on our social feeds as well when it comes out. Amen? Amen. Go in peace to like and share the pod. Mm-hmm.